and be willing to work. Don't don't look for a, a paycheck, man. Right. Um, we had this conversation before that every opportunity doesn't come with a paycheck, man. Like you will miss out on so many opportunities because you too many people are too busy trying to chase a check. Stuff in the Fail Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Perkins, and we got a real special guest in the building today. Got an author. He actually a fellow content creator. He's been doing podcasting before it even got big. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got Carlos Smith in the building today. How you feeling? I'm good, man. What's going on? Oh, man. I'm great. I couldn't wait to get this interview. Man, I, I appreciate <laughs> you for having me on, man, and salute to you for just being consistent and actually doing it. You know, a lot of people just say, Man, I'm thinking about doing this, so I'm going to try it. But no, you actually took the time and you did it, man. So I appreciate you for uh, doing that. And I've been watching your content, man. It's dope. So I was seeing everybody else come on from K-Means and Charlene and people around our area. Yeah. So I was like glad that you reached out yeah. to me. So I definitely appreciate it, man. But salute, definitely salute to you for, you know, and Troop too. Your Troop was on. Yeah, was but on. salute to you, man, for just, you know, sticking to your word and being committed to the whole process because this i mean a lot i know a lot of people ask me for advice but it's tough yeah but man you you sticking with it so salute to you for that man. yeah and it, believe it or not it's i initially got started with it as kind of something to challenge me because mm -hmm. you know communication with people that's not really a strong suit people who knew me from back in the day knew me as a quiet person right so you know that's a skill that i'm constantly working on and what better way to work on it than with a podcast? You know, I'm kind of the same way though. Like out of everybody that I'm, I hang with, like I'm probably like the most laid back yeah. person. Like, who would even thought even me myself? Like, I didn't see myself doing this. Yeah. It's just something that kind of happened. And I've been doing it for probably about four years now, mm -hmm. going on four years. And this is actually only like the the second time that I've actually been interviewed by somebody else. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's my crazy. uh, my friend Crystal, we were all supposed to do it. We went to school together upstate. Uh -huh. And me, her, and my, one of my best friends from college, Steve, we were going to do a podcast together. Mm. Um, but after we graduated, because we were going to do a sports podcast. Mm. And after we graduated, it uh, you know how life happens after college. Everybody working and doing their own thing. Mm. Um, we were going to do a sports podcast. But it didn't happen that way. Um. So then we kind of just started doing our own thing separately. You know, we still support each other. And um, it went from a sports podcast, you know, kind of branching into, you know, entrepreneurship, which was dope. But, yeah, this is actually only the second interview. Dang. Second time that I've been interviewed by somebody That's, else. That was actually one of the questions that I was going to ask you. Yeah. Like, how does it feel to be on the opposite side of the interview? Too? Man, I'm, um, it was dope the first time. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man, because that was when we did the interview, it was like three, four years ago. Okay. So, so, so yeah, it was early on, yeah. you know, still early in the podcast game, you know, still finding my way, which I am now. Um, but over time, you just learn so much about yourself and you grow so much. So I'm looking forward to the questions, man. I'm just really looking forward to it. Because we, we say an interview, but I always say, man, it's just a conversation. conversation. That's all, it's, what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. So coming from... You originally from Jonesville. From Jonesville, right? yeah. So kind of explain, like, how was it growing up in Jonesville? Uh, small town, man. You know, like you say, like everybody say, everybody knows everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Our high school was 7th through 12th grade. We had about 500 kids in there. And even when I go to other places doing interviews and I tell people where it's at, um, 
they're like, where's that at? Yeah. And you know what's weird? It's like, I'll say it's kind of close to you. And the first thing that people say, Susan Smith. Susan Smith. Every time. Every single Every time. time. That's all they say. You know, <laughs> is that where Susan Smith happened? Yeah, it, that's where it is. That's what they know it's for. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad that we, we on the map for something as tragic Negative. as that. But exactly. I mean, you know, that's that's why it's so important for us to do things like this, to kind of shed ourselves from that narrative of, I mean, how how many years has that been? And we it's still know for that. Man, I don't even know if I was born. If I was, I couldn't have been no more than maybe two or three years old. I think it was early 90s. Yeah, because I was, was born in 92. It was early 90s. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy that we still are under that, that yeah. shadow. Yeah, I don't think that'll ever ever go away. But, you know, no matter what, though, wherever I go, man, I'm all, I am always tell people, like, I'm from Jonesville. Right. I'm from Jonesville, South Carolina, man. Like, I'm proud of where I'm from. Right. Like, I never want to be one of those people, you know, that make it big and then kind of forget where they from. Yeah. Um. I I'll never be one of those people. Like I'm proud. I love where I'm from. It's small. Um. But it's home though. Yeah. You know. So, salute to Jonesville. Yeah. Man. So, what what most people watching the podcast don't know is that at some point, um, things came to a point where our schools had to merge. Yeah. Um, this is my my senior year of high school. Um. I know you talk about Jonesville being that love for Jonesville. What was going through your head when you heard that things was about to change like that? Man, honestly, I was just like, okay. I mean, I didn't think it was a, a too much of a bad thing. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of people saying, oh, the kids won't get along yeah. and all this and that. But to me, it was just kind of really like a, a smooth transition. You know, I still hung with my same people that I came up right, with. So right. it was just really just another chance to, you know, meet new people. But I still, I still kept my same circle around mm-hmm. me, so it wasn't too bad. Um, but overall, for me, man, it was still a great experience. Man, I had a good time in high school. Sometimes now I look back, I'm like, man, I miss it. Yeah. Like you don't really appreciate those moments until you look back, mm-hmm. and he's like, man, you know, we really had it simple. Like it was so easy. We just no had responsibility. To, no responsibility. <laughs> you just get up, go to school, just do your work. You're gonna be all right, yeah. and then you just chilling, man. Like. And we used to just think, man, I can't wait to graduate. I can't yeah. wait to graduate. I want to be grown, man. I would tell kids now that's like you really don't know how good you got, man. But yeah, it was it was definitely some of the best time. Um, I still, you know, after we transitioned and went to Union, mm-hmm. like I still I didn't get a chance to talk to everybody like I used to right. back when we were at Jonesville. But overall, though, man, I was still with my same circle, and we still had a good time in, in high school. Yeah, I know. I know for me. Um, I really didn't know much about Jones because I'm not originally from Union. Oh, okay. Um, I probably I moved here when I was around 12 or so. I mean, I've been to Jones, but like right. to I, I didn't really know nothing about the people there. To me, you know, it was just and I was a senior at the time, so right, it wasn't right. really like it was gonna change a whole lot anyway. It was just like you said, adding more people to me. Right. Um, I thought it was dope that we got a chance to to merge like that, and we ended up. Uh, you know, it, it helped us. On all of our sports, sports teams, yeah, went up state in football, <laughs> yeah. Um, wish we could have capped it off, but I hey, know. it is what it is. But I, overall, like you said, I felt like it was a great experience. I didn't didn't really feel any tension. Of course, you never know truly what it's going to be like until right. until you get into it. Yeah. But from my perspective, I didn't think that it was anything that it, I felt like it was a good mix. Yeah, I think it's just more of like like media or you hearing the outside noise mm-hmm. and people saying they're not going to get along. But when you actually 
get in that environment when the kids are actually there, man, it's really no no big difference. It's, just, it's why it's always important, like, the stuff that you listen to and take in and the energy that you take in and feed yourself, man. You got to be mindful of that kind of stuff because if we would have walked in there like, man, we need to be on pins and needles. Yeah. Like, they, they got something against us, right. man. It would have been, of course, kids going to be kids. Everybody's yeah. not going to get along. Right. But overall, man, it wasn't Not just because you're from. Jones were a little from Lockhart. Exactly. You know? yeah. And it's, I mean, we right down the road. Right, from anyway. Each other, so it's like, we got, we got the same stores and everything. Yeah, like, <laughs> still got family in you and yeah. anything. So it, it wasn't really as bad yeah. as, like, they painted the picture. Yeah, I thought it was a real dope experience. Yeah. Um, but after that, um, I, I can also attest to just having a great um, high school experience. I especially my senior year. Like, we just, football team was doing well. Um, school was great. Um, once I graduated from high school, I didn't really have any idea what I wanted to do. Um, I just knew, way. you know, everybody, everybody just expects you to go to college. Um, so that's what I did. But I would, I would be lying if I said I knew exactly what my next step was going to be. What did that feel like for you once you, Graduated yeah, high school. It was, it was really the same way, you know, growing up in an environment where, you know, I saw my parents just get up and go to work. Mm -hmm. So when you see stuff like that, sometimes it makes you feel like make you feel like that's what life is. Like right. that's what you're supposed to do after high school. Either you're going to go to college or you're going to get a job and get up and go to work. And, you know, kind of like that's what teachers always ask us at a young age, like, what do you want to do? So, and I feel like, man, as a teenager, 16, 17, 18-year-old, it's hard to ask a kid, what they want to do for the rest of their life when adults change their careers all the time. So when we ask the kids that, it's like you're almost putting a lot of added pressure on to them, a lot of expectations that it's going to be hard for them to live up to um, because we change our mind. It's just human nature. You're going to right. change your mind all the time. But for me, man, I didn't know. I just felt like that's what I was supposed to do, just mm -hmm. go to college. So, you know, I put in for a few different colleges, uh, Coastal, USC, Columbia, Upstate, Winthrop. Um, I ended up going to Upstate. Mm -hmm. You know, it was close to home. I still lived on campus. Uh, it was some of the best time of my life, man. And it's, I, I put a lot of it in my book too. But man, I just felt like, honestly, like just like how society kind of paints that picture. Yeah. It's like if you don't go to college, you won't be successful. Right. And you know, they take us to little career fairs and job fairs, and you know, going to these different things in school about attending college. So I just thought that's what I was supposed to do. So. And I, for me, honestly, I wasn't ready to go to work full-time yet anyway. Nope. So I said, let me go ahead and just do four more years of school yeah. and just figure it out. And figure it out. And plus, man, when you watch movies about college and, like, I remember uh, Project X and stuff mm -hmm. like that and just different movies about school and going to college, like, it paints a picture, like, college is, like, this glamorous yes. life. Like, you just go there to party right. and turn up. <laughs> so when you see that stuff at a young age, I'm thinking to myself, too, like, yeah, I'm going to get my education, but I'm ready to turn up too. So it was an easy decision for me: either yeah. go to school, go to school and turn up, or go to, go work. to work. So <laughs> let me go do this for four years, and then I'll figure it out down yeah. the line. So basically, that's what it was for me. Man, I know my first two years of college, I had a ball. I, I went right here to um, USC Union, so it was a smooth transition. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't really, like you said, it wasn't a hard decision to make because I knew that I wasn't going to go full-time with work. Yeah. And, you know, that I didn't really have any choice of not going, so I made the most out of it. Um, right. Ended up spending a little more time uh, 
than I anticipated in college just because, like I said, I still didn't have an idea of what I wanted to right. do. When did you discover that you wanted to do journalism? Honestly, it wasn't really until my senior year. Yeah. So this is this was stupid. Uh, when I went there, I, I had my major was information, man. It was computer science, and I changed it a few times to computer science, to computer information systems, and information management systems. And the reason I picked that major was because I was like, well, I can type fast. Yeah. And I was like, I know money is in computers. So that's really why I did it, mm -hmm. like, because I can type fast, and I was like, that's where the money is. And after a while, and then I picked up a minor in business. Mm -hmm. And those classes were tough. Plus, I wasn't really all the way focused like that. Um, I mean, I, I never got kicked out of anything. I never was on probation, but um, academic probation. But I did that for a while. And then towards my junior, senior year, I started getting burnt out with uh, with just doing computer programming. So yeah. I was like, man, if I'm going to do something um, for the rest of my life, I need to do something that I really enjoy. And uh, that's when I switched my... Uh, well, I kept it. My, I switched my major to information management systems, and I picked up a minor in mass media. Mm -hmm. So, kind of like toward the end of my junior year, going into my senior year, was when I got that idea for like journalism. So, when I was working at uh, Costco, um, I was working outside of the gas station. This is why it's so important to uh, network. Yeah. So, it was a guy that came in named Coach Cox, Coach Dick Cox, mm -hmm. and uh, he would come to the gas station. I would just see these logos on the back of his car, and it would be a uh, the Gamecocks, Clemson, Duke, uh, North Carolina, the Hornets, the Panthers, and he had all these decals and the Green Bay Packers because he had, he, I think he had stock in the Packers because mm -hmm. it's a, a public team. Right. And uh, so I used to walk over there with him, and I said, uh, "You, I said, you, uh, you, you in the sports?" He's like, "Yeah, I got my own company." He said, "I'm getting ready to go cover. Uh, he'd go tell me different events. He'd go cover the Hornets media day or the Panthers media day or something for college." He said, yeah, I'm going to go up and uh, go cover this event. And then um, the next day, I got to go to this place or that place or whatever. And he covered Broom High School football. So I was like, okay, I'm um, I'm looking for an internship. Well, he said, okay, well, here goes my car. You know, because um, he would always come in. I didn't I didn't ask him the first few times when he came in. But I would just, he would, I, when I, every time I saw him, I would speak to him. And he would just tell me where he was going next. So then one day I told him I was looking for an internship. He gave me his car. And I reached out to him, um, left him a, a voicemail, and um, he called me back. He said, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Um, you can come with me and uh, cover one of these events for me. So he, he was covering Broome High School football. And um, so we went to the football games for like the first two or three weeks I was with him. He was just – so I was – the first game I went to, I, I thought that I was just going to sit there and just watch the game right. and watch how he broadcasted the game. But um, – we set everything up. Next thing I know, he handed me a headset. Mm -hmm. He was like, come on, you're on air with me. The very oh, first man. one. Yeah, so it was kind of scary. Like, I knew I wanted to get into sports, but mm -hmm. I didn't know, like, it was going to happen that, that way. Quick, yeah. yeah. And um, so he gave me a headset. And, you know, he just asked me. He's like, man, just do what you do, man. Just talk about sports. Like, like call it how you see it, pretty much. So it was, it was a smooth transition. And then from that, we covered high school football. And then I remember the day that changed everything. It was like uh, – he said, we, we were headed to Newberry. New Broom was playing at Newberry. And he was telling me, man, I'm going, I'm getting ready. This was in, I think it was like late October. And I still have my, my uh, season open the ticket. He mm -hmm. said, I'm going to uh, ACC Media Day. And then after that, I'm going to uh, to interview the basketball coaches. He said, and after that, um, 
I'm going to the Charlotte Hornets season opener because this is the first year they went back from going being the Bobcats to the Hornets. Right. He said, so after the media day, I'm going to the Hornets game. He said, do you want to go with me? And I was like, yeah, this is great. This is a great opportunity. Yeah. Man, I knew I was going to that event. I came suited up. We went to ACC media day. I saw Coach K, Roy Williams. I know I'm long-winded right now. I'm just oh, telling about this experience, though. But I saw Coach K in the hallway. He walked right past me and he spoke. So I'm like, dang, that's that's Coach K. Yeah. I saw Coach K, Roy Williams, Rick Patino was at Louisville at the time, uh, Jamie Dixon from Pittsburgh, Coach Hamilton at uh, Florida State, Jim Beheim. So you see all these coaches that you grew up watching on TV. Yeah. And it's just like mind-blowing. And it was some of the guys from college. Uh, some of the athletes, they took like two or three athletes with them to the uh, media day. So I got to see those guys. And then after that, we went to to the Hornets season opener. And the Hornets won. They beat, they beat Milwaukee. This was probably Giannis' first or second year in the league. And this was before Giannis was what right. he is right now. Right. Like he's a monster now. Champion. Yeah. <laughs> Dominant, man. And uh, after the game, we go, we go down. First of all, when, they, when you go there, they feed you as part of the media. Yeah. And they give you, like, these stats. And they show you where the players are from, how old they are and everything. And then I remember they had my seat, the seating area for media, and it had my name. It said Carlos Smith. And it had a Hornets logo beside it, and it said Cox Sports Broadcast. So when I saw that, man, it was just like it – was, it was over with. Yeah, yeah. man. Like, that, that moment changed – it was like life changing, and then when you get a chance to, you know, go into the locker room and interview the athletes, and I remember after the game was over with, we walking down the hallway, and as I'm walking, I see Mike coming my way, Jordan. Ah oh, man, so the goat. I'm looking like this, like, dang, this yeah. this Mike right here. Yeah. So I'm 22 years old at the time, so imagine seeing Coach K, Roy Williams, Michael Jordan. Uh, Kimball Walker, all these guys in yeah, one day, like millionaires and legends in the yeah. game, like people who've done this thing over and over. You see all these guys in one day. And then when I saw my name, like up there with the Hornets, man, he gave me chills talking yeah. about it, man. Like I saw my name right there with the Hornets logo beside it and it said Coxport Broadcasting. Like that was a moment for me where I was like, okay, now I feel like I can, I can really do this. Man, that was dope. That must have been something. So, Coach Cox, would you feel like he was like one of your first mentors? Early? Oh yeah, most definitely, man. Because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just said I want to do something sports related. Yeah. So he was the very first one that gave me an opportunity, man. Like, I mean, he he could have easily just said, "Yeah, just give me a call and just shot me down." You know, you know how sometimes people say, "Yeah, just give me a call and yeah. I'll get back to you." Like, and they never do. But yeah. like Coach Cox really kept his word, and he just. He put me on, like he got to that that first football game, man. I showed up, I was ready to work, and he threw me a headset. And then from then on, like we was just like buddies, man. Like he would take me everywhere, all all the football games, man. We covered Broom High School football. We covered the Hornets, covered the Panthers training camp the year they went to the Super Bowl. Um, I covered NASCAR. I had I know absolutely nothing yeah. about NASCAR cover NASCAR. It was just so many different events, man, that he would take me to just to get that kind of exposure. So so now it's like when I'm kind of doing like my own thing, it's kind of like, you know, I'm I'm not I mean you still get it, you know, you get amped up a little bit, but it's yeah. still like 
you know, I, I've been here before. Right. So it's it's a great feeling. But yeah, Coach Cox was definitely like my mentor. And I, it's crazy. I actually saw him a few weeks ago um, at Target, and I was just talking to him, and he was like, "Man, I'm I'm proud of you and everything that you're doing." Um, because now he he's older now. He does still a little bit of broadcasting, but not as much since the pandemic. Right. But um, he was the one that definitely, you know, kind of opened up the floodgates for me um, getting into journalism and broadcasting. That's dope. So what would you what would you think? Uh, could you give us, like, some tips on, like, how, I guess, mentorship has, has like, helped you overall? Overall, man, it um, – well, I, I got to – I got to say, well, Coach Cox was definitely the first one. They kind of opened up the door for me. But mentorship plays a huge role, man, because, like, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And, you know, just learn by experience and just opening up your mouth. And you don't know what these people are going to do for you, what doors and opportunities they'll they'll give you. Um, but they, they'll give you advice. And they, they, they learn from their own experience. Mm-hmm. You know, they were young once as well. So they can, um, they can show you the ropes and tell you what you – what you what to prepare for down the road, especially being in the media. I didn't yeah. know what I was getting into. Right. So he definitely helped from, from that standpoint. And then um so while we talk about mentors, another guy I definitely consider a huge mentor for me was Ben. Uh Ben Hall. Yeah. Man, he he was the guy after after Coach Cox, this was after, after I graduated and I kind of started my own journey. Ben was the guy who really like took things to another level for mm-hmm. me. Because, you know, I was still young, finding my way, still trying to figure things out. But it went from, you know, broadcasting, you know, just when I was doing the broadcasting, I was looking for, like, a, another job to open up more doors for opportunity for me. But when I finally sat down and had a conversation with Ben, um, when I was with Coach Cox, I would have been comfortable, you know, just having a job and just doing something broadcasting and just staying there. But then when I sat down and had a conversation with Ben, he was the guy that changed everything because that's when I finally felt like I started to actually like believe in myself. Right. You know, he was the one who just saw things in me that I probably didn't even see in myself, man. Like I would have been cool with just having a job and broadcasting and just staying there. Mm-hmm. But when I talked to Ben and he just teach you, just t- tell you so many things about just believing in yourself and having confidence, he followed the, the guy for me that, they really changed everything. I tell you, because the things that I'm doing now, I give him a lot of credit for because like I didn't I didn't see myself doing this type of stuff, man. Not not to this level right. where I'm on my own, traveling, interviewing people all over the country. You know, he was the guy was I would say was the the other mentor for me that really taught me how to believe in myself because he saw things in me that I didn't even see myself at right. the time. But I definitely tell those two are like the mentor. But yeah, definitely with mentorship, man, find somebody who's who's doing something similar to what you want to do, and just pick their brain, man, and be willing to work. Don't don't look for a paycheck, man. Right. Um, we had this conversation before that every opportunity doesn't come with a paycheck, man. Like you will miss out on so many opportunities because you. Too many people are too busy trying to chase a check. You know, right. um, had I been looking for a check from Coach Cox, I wouldn't have been able to sit in the in the Hornets locker room or or interview all these guys, these professional athletes. If I was looking for a check, Coach Cox just I just wanted the opportunity. He gave me the opportunity, and that's what opened up the doors for me to you know do the things that I'm doing at this level now because of him. But I would definitely say find somebody who's doing something that you want to do 
and be willing to just put in the work. Don't look for a paycheck in the beginning because it you're still learning along the way. So they're, they're two of those those are two of the main things. Okay. So being in that position, um, this is toward the is this toward the end of, of college? Yeah, this was like my last semester. My very last semester was when I started um covering um high school football and the Hornets and the Panthers. And then I still we still worked together a little bit after that as well. But it was kind of like my very last semester with um my internship. Okay. Okay. And that's another thing. If anybody that goes to school, I would tell them, get an internship early. Yeah. If if you know what you want to do, right. man, because it'll it'll definitely pay off. Um I did like I said, I didn't know what I wanted to do right at the beginning. But um if you got a if you get an internship and get that experience, um, it'll definitely help out. I know for me, like you said, I had no idea what I wanted to do even Three, four years into it, I really wasn't sure. Um, didn't take advantage of any internships, really. Um, yeah. Really just ended up in a position where I need to graduate. I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm spending all this money. I need yeah. to at least graduate so I can find a job. I didn't really necessarily find a passion until later. Um, so it was dope that you was able to still find a passion relatively early in the game. Cause yeah. That, that does help. Um could you could you, did you have any tips for people who aren't quite sure what how to find a passion? Just try different things, man. You 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 got to try different things. Don't put yourself in a box mm-hmm. because, like I said, man, at a at a young age, people people change their career so much, man. So you just got to try different things. For me, like I knew I didn't like computer uh like the broadcast i mean not the broadcast i mean the programming stuff yeah. so i still had it but i was always fascinated i remember sitting in my dorm room i would watch first take with skip and steven they were on there together and i was like man it'd be cool just to talk about sports right. and i was just like i didn't know like they put in the work to get there i just saw them on tv so i just thought oh i just don't yeah, yeah i can do that so that's how i really looked yeah. at it at the time i was like man they on tv talking about sports that's cool like let me do something like that yeah. so I knew I wanted to do something sports related, or you know, just ha- or talking to people, having conversations. So that's that's why I kind of like lean towards that way. But um, you definitely got to try different things, man. Everything may not work. Um, don't expect a big payday in the beginning, even even if it's something that you enjoy doing. Once you find that thing that you enjoy doing, don't expect to make a big payday at the very beginning, man. Like you got to really still be willing to put in the work. But I would definitely tell people, man, just try different things, man. And um, if it's something that grabs your attention, maybe drawing or or fashion, whatever it is, just try different things. And when you when you find that one thing that um that you enjoy doing, that you can you tell because you'll start paying more and more attention to yeah. it, and you'll really lock in on doing that one thing that you really love doing. And it's gonna That's open true. up so many more doors for you that you don't even think would even be possible. So that's why I say just just try different things, and when you find that thing, it'll, it'll come to you. Okay. So at this point, you graduate college. Um, how was how was the market for that field when you got out? Man, it was rough. It was real rough yeah. for me, man. Like I was, I was still lost, man. Like I was, I was doing the broadcasting with Coach Cox, and then it got to a point where, you know, I had my student, you know. Five, six months after you graduate, it's time to do the loans. And my own, out the gate, 
was like about $400 and then I deferred it. So I deferred my student loans as much as I could. Um, I tried getting a job at a radio station, a uh, intercom radio station in Greenville um, after I graduated. Um, but they didn't, I remember sitting down in the lobby waiting to get somebody my resume and then they finally took it and I would call back and they would just say, they would just say, we well, are yeah, we looking at it. Then they finally shot me an email like a week or two later saying they found somebody else that was more qualified. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you no, know, they kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I'm like, man, I've been sitting in front of the best athletes in the world. Right. So how am I not qualified to work at a radio station? That's how I look right. at it. But you know, a lot of times, man, they're going to go with who they're most comfortable with or who they know. Mm -hmm. So when they told me no that time, I was like, okay, let me just figure something else out. So then I went back to uh, Upstate. And it was a guy named Trey Morrow who was over like video production. Mm -hmm. So Trey was a guy who kind of showed me like the behind the scenes work of what goes on as far as like running like a, a full fledged like volleyball game and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So he taught me the behind the scenes stuff. So that was kind of when I started working like as a producer. So then I got a little bit of experience with Trey. Still wasn't getting paid at the time. Um... So then, like a year after that, I went back to that same radio station and uh, sent him my, gave him my resume. And uh, I remember the guy who, I don't want to say his name, he showed me around the station. You know, he said, man, I, I, I remember you from last year. I, I like that you were uh, consistent. And uh, he showed me around the radio station. And they stayed. this is why relationships are important, too. Mm -hmm. So after I left, he called Coach Cox because yeah. he saw him as a reference on my resume. And uh, Coach Cox put in a good word for me. He's like, he, he gave me a call and said, hey, Coach Cox, um, put in a good word for you. Um, and we want to bring you in. So I appreciate Coach Cox for that as well. So I got the I got the job at the radio station the second go around. Um, and it was only $10 an hour. Mm -hmm. So I was driving an hour to work just for $10 an hour. And really, man, and this is why I say, man, you just got to do it and don't look. Don't don't expect a big payday in the beginning right. because man, when I was driving to Greenville, I would get up man four four in the morning just to be at the radio station by five just to produce. And some days I might not leave there until maybe five or six that evening. Mm -hmm. But I was just wanted to learn, man. So I was just I learned. That's why I learned how to do my editing, like the edit the audio and just like a, running like a full radio show. I learned all that there. But I was only making $10 an hour. So by the time I got paid, either I broke even, but nine times out of 10, I was in the hole. So I didn't care though, man. I was just willing to work. I just wanted it, man. I was just like, experience. yeah, I just needed that experience. But that's where it's like, man, don't, another reason I keep on saying, man, don't look for that payday. But I stayed there for a little while. It was tough. And then I ended up leaving because, um, like I said, after my deferment was over with, I had interest added up onto my student loans. And um, I remember I, I was I had to pay like $500 a month. So mm -hmm. I had to leave the radio station to get a full-time job that was going to help me be able to pay it. Right. So the market for me, man, it was tough. I had the uh, basically just learning on the behind-the-scenes stuff with trade not getting paid. And then I went to the radio station. And I worked there for probably about six or seven months. And then I... I just couldn't afford to do it anymore, right. so it just got to a point where I started working full time, and and then it just led to a lot of different things. But I don't want to jump too far ahead. I'll, I'll let you, you know, get your questions. What, um, 
after that, like, when did you start the podcast? Well, it was, like I said, man, it was a time where, um, like, it was supposed to be me, my friend Crystal, and Steve. We were going to do the podcast together. Right. And then, uh, like I said, life happens. We kind of uh, had to start doing our own thing. But I remember, like, the like the very first two episodes I recorded, it was kind of, it was like a little bit after college. And um, I just remember taking my laptop, and my dad had a storage building in the back. And I remember recording an episode in there by myself. And I, it was like me just talking about sports for like almost 17, 18 minutes. Mm. But I didn't like the way I sounded. Right. So I, I still, everything that I've ever recorded is still up online right now. So you can go all the way back. This might have been 2015 when that happened, 15, 16. And I remember that was one of the very first ones that I did. That one, and then I recorded another one. I went back to Upstate and got in, sat in the study room, study room, and uh, recorded myself again. And again, I didn't like the way I sounded, man. But I just kept on going, man, and just figuring things out. And then I did. We did. I did a couple of episodes with my friends. We would sit at. Uh, we would sit at the library. My buddy Steve. It was his girlfriend at the time. They married. Now I remember we sat at his. Um, his wife's apartment and um we just recorded episodes there but so the first few was kind of like sports mm-hmm. a couple of them was me just talking about myself and then i did a couple of episodes with them but it was just like man i didn't like the way i sounded um i didn't have confidence in myself but for some reason like i just remember that the things that i would do i did with coach cox which is traveling and interviewing these athletes and something just told me to just keep on going, man. Uh-huh. Just keep on going and just don't give up. So it was, it was, it was tough, but it was just like something in me, like, cause I just feel like with my faith, man. Um, and I don't want to tell anybody what to believe. I just like, man, I don't believe God just showed me this for no reason, right. just to show, say, hey, this is what it, this is what life can look like for you, and then just snatch it away. Like uh-huh. it's, he just showed it to me for no reason. So. Yeah. It was just something in me, man, that just kept on going. And it wasn't easy, but I just believed in myself, man, and I just kept on going. Yeah, just staying consistent. Staying consistent over and over, man. I remember, like I said, I would just record by myself. I didn't like it. I didn't like how it sounded. I would just send it to my friends or send it to anybody. And I don't. they might not even like it, but, I mean, they gave me words of encouragement. Like, yeah, that was good to talk that long by yourself and just keep on going. But, man, I just... And it, and it helped to have people support you, so they they always you know encouraged me. But it was, it was it was tough, man. Especially like you know after your internship end, and then you got to come back home, and just working a nine to five, like just working jobs just to work and pay bills. Like I was honestly, man, I felt down on myself because I, I was just thinking to myself, man. Like I remember one other, one other I wrote in my book about this other part time job that I had. I was working at FedEx. And I remember I was like, dang, man, I was just a year ago, man, I was sitting in front of the greatest athletes in the world. And now I'm here on the back of a truck just throwing boxes on here, just trying to work and pay bills. So I kind of got down on myself. I'm like, man, what what happened? Is life really like this after after college? Like you just go enjoy yourself, get this experience, and then after that, you just work and work just to pay bills. So it kind of hit me and it kind of like that's that's something that kind of threw me off a little bit, man. I was just like, man, I can't, I can't really live like yeah. this. So, the podcast part, man, it was, it was tough, especially like, you know, trying to chase your dream, do something you love doing, 
But then it's like real life hits you, and then you in that tug of war. It's like, do I want to go after my dreams, or do I want to work and just pay the bills? Because the bills will always be this. Bill, yep, all the time. <laughs> all the time. So um, I know that with that being a rough part, uh, rough process, I can attest to that too with me being young in yeah. the podcast space. And right now, you know, it can be lonely because, like you said, the bills are still due. Um, yeah. You're still trying to find your, your footing. Um, I definitely feel what you said about not liking how you sounded at first and yeah. having to build up that confidence before you yeah. could even go forward. But from episode one to now, I definitely can see the growth. And just the growth, yeah. Just keep going. I, I see that, you know, it's definitely paying off. And, and I'm only 13 episodes yeah. in. So I can only imagine how you feel being, uh, you got a lot of a episodes. A lot, out. yeah. So it's, I mean, I it's can imagine. Way back, man. It's just like, man, you just stay consistent. Yeah. It's like, you just have to keep on going. Like, so many people, man, it's like a lot of people will plan, like, plan, plan, plan. Like, okay, these episodes are going to sound like this, 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 this. And by this time, I'm going to have this many followers, this many listeners, all this stuff. Then I'm going to be making money off of this. And then when it don't pan out that way, people just quit. Yeah, Man, you got to keep on going, man, and just stay consistent, man. Because for me, I was just like, I was just in this space, man, with like just trying to figure everything out. And I'm, and I'm still learning, man. But a lot of people, man, they just give up too early and just... Like I said, I remember when I was recording that episode at Upstate, and this was, I didn't even know how to kind of edit my audio by yeah. myself at the time, and this was terrible. <laughs> it was probably like eight minutes long, and right when I was getting ready to wrap it up, I just got stuck, and I left like this big, probably 10, 15 second gap in there where I just didn't say nothing, because I didn't know, <laughs> yeah. and I was just like, but you know what, it's something told me, man, like, I still put that episode out, yeah. I didn't edit or nothing, like. Everything that I've ever done, man, I didn't, I didn't edit that one, but it's still up. And if you, I listen to it now, it's like, man, I was terrible. Yeah. But where you are now, man, like, just imagine, like, where you're going to be in another month from now. Yeah. And then a month after that, it's like, you just got to keep on going, man, and staying consistent. Because over time, man, you're going to get better. And things are not going to, you can plan all day. I'll tell anybody, when you're doing this podcast or whatever it is you're doing, you can plan it all day long. But until you get out there. And you actually put in the work, it's gonna be totally different. It's not gonna be how you expect it to be. You gotta get out there and do it. And then over time, you're just gonna figure out different things that you can add to it. Cause like I said, man, when I first started, I didn't even have a camera. Only thing I did, I just had a laptop. Mm -hmm. And I would just take that laptop. When I started interviewing other business owners, um, I just took that laptop and I would just sit in there. This is before Dominique even helped me because he he did he did a few episodes for me yeah. as well. Shout out to Dominique too, yeah, man. But I would just take my laptop, man. And I would just go in different places and be like, hey, would you be willing to, you know, come on and share your story about how you started your business? And that's how it really started mm -hmm. for me doing entrepreneurship because it was going to be about sports. And then it went from, that's why I say it's so important to keep on going yeah. because I said, I would ask them, like, would you come on and share your story about how you started your business? And then on the back end of, of, of the interview, we'll talk a little bit about sports if you're into it. Right. So then it slowly transitioned for just hearing their stories about how they started their business. And I was like, man, I'm, this is fascinating. I'm, I'm in, really interested in knowing like, how people started their business. Right. So that's why I said when this went from sports to entrepreneurship, which I still do sports interviews as well now. But 
like I said, as you keep on going, you're gonna figure out different things to do to your um to your podcast or whatever your craft is. You just gotta stay consistent. Hey, that's a bar right there. Yeah. So really. what what does more than a job mean to you? Uh it just means more than a job, man. Honestly, it's like knowing that knowing your worth, uh knowing that you're worth more than just life is more than just a paycheck, you yeah. know. Most people, man, like we just work to just pick up a check. We don't really love what we're doing. We just doing what we have to do just to get by. And that's it. Right. Just to get by, we settle for the average. Settle for the average, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I always make sure I tell people there's nothing wrong with having a nine to five, man, because it pays the bills. And some people are cool with where they are. So right. if, you, if you're comfortable with where you're at, then more to you, salute to you. But... For most people, man, even when I go to work now, it's like most people say, yeah, I'm just here, you know, same old, same old. And they'll tell you the same thing mm-hmm. over and over. Just another day, you hear the same stuff over and over repeat. and over repeat. Mm-hmm. And people clock in, people clock in and do the same thing over and over, mm-hmm. like a robot. 10 years, 20 years, you 40 get, years. And you get programmed, man, and it's, and it's scary because it even got to the point, I remember I had Tanisha on, I told her the same, it's crazy because when we get to, even when we get to work, we'll park in the same exact parking spot every single day. Mm-hmm. You'll park in your same spot, get up, you walk in, go clock in, and just go to wherever your department is, mm-hmm. and you follow along and do the same thing. And it's over and over and over. So I just got to a point, man, where I was working two jobs just to pay my student loans. And then I left my job, my morning job. And then my second shift job is probably about 30 minutes left for my shift to end and I was like man I gotta get up tomorrow and work another 13 plus hours and doing the same thing mm-hmm. and I was like something this was after the radio station yeah. and I was like man something something gotta give man I can't I can't live like this so I was like you know what man I'm a, I just gotta do my own thing I don't care what nobody say I'm gonna just figure it out and I'm gonna just learn as I go so yeah more than the job man it just just really just believing in yourself and understanding your value and understanding life is more than a paycheck, man, because it's so easy. Like we'll just settle for for anything just to get by. So yeah. just understanding your worth, man, and realizing life is more than a paycheck. So I know we talked about a little bit off camera, like where more than a job has taken you. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of elaborate on, on some of the some of the places you were able to go, experiences and things of that nature? Yeah. So um so first of all, it, it started with the cross line. I had the cross line podcast first. And then probably about a year into it, I was like, man, I need to kind of like turn it like really into a business. So um kind of like you know how LeBron says he's more than an athlete, you know, I already tell him to shut up and play ball. I was like, man, I'm more than a job. Like I'm more than just going in and just picking up a paycheck, right. you know. Cuz at the end of the day if something happened to us, it, the only thing that a job is going to do is next man up. They're going to find somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, I'm more than a job. And I and I tell myself that every day, man. Like, I'm, I'm more than a job. So I finally added the added that as my, added, as my LLC is more than a job. Mm-hmm. So the Cross Line Podcast is up under that. So in everything that I do from the podcast to my book, all of that stuff is up, up under there. But um, yeah, with the podcast, man, I, I went to uh, started out doing local businesses. Then we would go to Charlotte, Atlanta, and then probably two years ago, 
I was like, you know what, man, I'm gonna just take a chance. And this was after many conversations with so many entrepreneurs, and they all say, man, you just gotta step out on faith yeah. and understand that, you know, it's never gonna be a perfect time to do yeah. whatever you want. And at that time, man, I was 28, and I had never been on a plane before. And I said, you know what, this is, this is, this is gonna be the year that I step out of my comfort zone and do something different that I've never done. And uh, man, I just had an idea of what I wanted to do. Put a small tour together just to kind of get a feel for it. Mm -hmm. The first time I got on a plane, I was 28 and flew to Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, it was like an hour, about an hour, 20 minutes or so. Um, but it was special, man, just to, you know. And I remember Ben was telling me, man, like, when you get on that plane and you look down, man, you're just going to forget about all your problems. He's like, he's like, the things that you think are so big that we make a big deal about, it's really not that big. And man, when I got up there, man, it was just like, man, it's so much more to life. Yeah. If I say it's more than a job, man, it's so much more to life than just living in your comfort zone and just staying stuck. But man, we've been to, to Jacksonville, Florida, um, drove to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, we went to uh, went to Miami last year on tour for my second tour. Went to Miami, went to Vegas. We went to uh, Oakland, California. And that that's when that was another moment where um I knew things were real then, man. Um and I, I always write everything down. I would tell anybody, whatever you want to do, um, write it down. Yeah. Put it on paper. Because it was was so crazy about um I'll tell you about Vegas first. So what happened with Vegas was last year I was sitting down right now in different places I'd never been to that I wanted to travel to on tour. And um so I reached out to this uh, lady about, she had a wine business, um, Ebony Wine and Spirits. So I went through her uh, publicist and her publicist uh, set up the interview for us to interview and do the interview in Charlotte. And then after that, she said, you know, I got another client. I'm glad you reached out because I got another client that's out in Vegas. I look at my paper, Vegas is on there. Oh, so I say, you know, it's crazy that you said that because I actually had Vegas on my on my list of places I've never even been to right. that I want to travel to. Vegas is on my paper. She said, Well, whenever you're ready, you just let me know. Man, we go to Vegas. The tour starts in June. We go to Vegas in October. What happened with that situation was by the time we had been traveling so much, we had spent so much money. I was like, man, I don't even know like how I'm gonna figure out a way to get to Vegas. I knew I wanted to go, right. but it was still on my list and she had it set up. Next thing I know this lady, she she posted on, she's a travel agent. She posted on Facebook, trip to Vegas, from Charlotte to Vegas, $150. God, man. I said, you know, that's a sign right yeah. here. It's like, I already had it on my mind. Like, like, like I remember Kevin said it on here. Like, when you got when you got your mind set on something, like the universe is aligned things to happen for you. Mm -hmm. I saw that on there. She said, Charlotte to Vegas, $150. So by the time I reached out to her, got everything set up, I still had a flight and a hotel in Vegas for like, $250 oh, for like three, four days. So I, so that's how I ended up going to Vegas. Mm -hmm. Just like that, just by, you know, I, I, for some reason it just popped up on my timeline on mm -hmm. Facebook and I made a connection. I already had Marty. She set it up with her client. So by the time we went from doing one interview in Vegas to three interviews total while we were out there. But yeah, that's how Vegas came about. I just put it on paper and it's just amazing how things happen. Even with California, like Miss Judy, she was another one, man. She, um, you know, I reached out to her because I read a lot of articles and do research. I say, hey, 
I'm I'm sitting on my own tour. Would you be interested in coming on sharing your story? She said, I, w- I would love to. And she was like, have you ever been to the Bay Area? I said, no, ma'am. So after this one, we were on the phone. She said, I'll tell you what. If you want to come to Vegas, I mean, if you want to come to uh, California, I got an Airbnb you can stay in. She said, she said, don't worry about paying uh, rent or anything. She said, the only thing you have to do is pay the cleanup fee. So I got up, I had a place to stay in Oakland, California for an entire weekend for $145. That's all I had to pay, plus my own flight. But other than that, it's just like, man, that, man, you can't beat it. So it's like, man, we, that's why I write everything down and it just, that's why I'm a believer, man. Write it down. Like like the scripture says, write the vision and make it plain. Yeah. Like I knew I wanted to go to California. I knew I wanted to go to Vegas. I wanted to go to Miami. I'd never been to these places before. And it just, I write everything down. And just man, being intentional about it. Intentional about it. Like you that. have to set your goals. You have to be intentional about what you want to do. And now, even for me now, man, it's just like, I still want to dream bigger. Yeah. Like I saw what can happen when I believe in myself and put things on paper and I saw what happened and I was like man now okay dream bigger now man yeah I can attest to the writing things down because I I was always a big I guess I was always big on affirmations um mm-hmm. but, you know saying things is one thing but writing it down that's when you know you're serious about it and and putting it somewhere that you know you're going to consistently look. Because it's easy to write something down, throw it in a book that you never see yep. until the following year. Um, so it is important to, you know, post it somewhere that you don't have a choice but to see it. Yep, every day. Man, I got a board in my room. I remember when Dominique had called me uh, a couple months ago. We were talking, like, you got a vision board? I was like, yeah, I, I got a vision board. So I got a big board in here where the places I want to travel to, I think I got maybe one or two on there left. Um, on that board, and then I made another one last year at Ben's Men Division Summit with places I wanted to go and things I wanted to accomplish. And then I wrote it down on a piece of paper. So I'm always writing stuff down, man. And I would tell people something else about writing it down. Um, when you write it down, you also have to work towards your goal. Right. Now, you can't just write it down and say, okay, and just close it. Okay, man, yeah. I wrote it down. It's going to happen. Right. No, you got to actually be consistent and work towards your goal. Mm-hmm. And I would always send these people like my body at work, send them my website and the things that I've actually done. Right. So they would make them respond to me because my my work aligned with what I was doing. They know you're serious. They know I'm serious. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing I believe on top of all of that is you got to believe it. Yeah. You have to believe whatever it is that you want to do, you got to believe in it. Even if nobody else don't believe in it, you got to believe in yourself. Before you see it. Before, before <laughs> man, I'm telling you, like, I get chills talking about it, man, because you have to believe in whatever you're doing, man. Like, when the first time I ever got on that flight, when I went to Jacksonville, I was like, okay, I know I want to go. I know I want to get on a plane. I know I want to do this tour. And right when I did it, this is something else Kevin said. He was like, man, you know, sometimes when you got your goals and things just happen for no reason, like your car or whatever, family, anything just happened. And right when I was getting ready to get on that tour, man, do my tour, my car started acting up. It started running hot. So yeah. I, like, I could have easily been like, man, you know what? I'm going to just put this on, put this off and just do it another time down yeah. the line. I said, you know what, man? Nah, this ain't going to stop me. Right. I said, I'm going to still go. So I still set up that tour and I believe whatever I was going to do, man, I just had my goal. I was like, I ain't going to let nothing stop me, man, because it's never going to be a perfect time. Yeah. But you got to believe in whatever it is that you're going to do. 
Like you have to believe because if, if you don't believe, it don't even matter what you put on paper. Like if you don't believe, you might as well just not even write it down. That's, that's fact. You have to believe it. That's fact. Shout out to Kevin Means, by the way. Man, I gotta get a watch too, man. Yeah, I got one I, on right now. Five one five. That's dope watch. too. <laughs> man, I gotta I gotta get one. I'm definitely Kevin, I'm I'm getting a watch. I promise you I'm gonna get a watch. Especially by the next two. I'm definitely gonna get a watch. You heard it. So we we've talked about so many um things that you have going on. I definitely can't let you leave without talking about the book. Yeah. What what even I guess We've been talking about it, bits and pieces of it, but what made you even want to become an author in the first place? Man, it was, to me, it was just, you know, it's just something that just happened. I, I just really feel like it was just God, you know, using me the way he wanted me to, wanted to use me, man. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, I, I was still, I was working two jobs at the time, and uh, I remember talking to my brother one day. I said, man, uh, I think I'm going to write a book one day, man, and uh, I already got the title for it and, and, and everything. And he said, what you going to call it? I said, man, I'm going to call it F School, Life is Your Best Teacher. And he's like, man, that's kind of harsh, you think? I was like, yeah, but when you read it, you'll understand. Right. Like, I'm not telling anybody not to go. Right. It's just understanding what you're getting into when you go. Because like, like we were talking about earlier, man, it just feel like society paints this picture that you have to go to school to, in order to be successful. And that's honestly the reason why I went. I was like, man, if you don't go to school, you ain't going to be able to make it in life. So throughout the book, man, um, on the cover of it, like you'll see, me, I'm holding my degree. I'm, I'm a college graduate, so it's like, why is he saying that? And he has a college degree, but when you read it, I'm just telling you like my life story, like my experiences, the stuff that I went through, right. um, and just kind of give you an idea like what's gonna happen when you get there because college is a totally different experience from high school, man. It's, it's yeah. life changing because you, it's like you really kind of. That's when you start learning things about yourself too, especially like if you're away from home, yeah. because there's nobody waking you up, making you go to school, and like everything is on you now. Whether you do your homework, whether you go to class, you got temptation, man. I know I need to be in my room studying uh, for my test and doing my homework, and then you got a phone call, hey man, we about to go to this party. <laughs> Which one are you gonna do? Man, the freedom in college is unreal. Yeah, it's too much freedom, man. And freedom, the temptation is it's everything. And so in the book, man, I, I share a lot of my experiences and it was something a lot of it was like I never even thought I would talk about. Yeah. And it was some of the stuff, man, I've honestly I only I think I've read since I released the book last year, I've read only like three chapters since then. Mm-hmm. It was just so much, man. I said I'm gonna finish reading, I'm gonna read all of it. But, um, man, it was just, you know, it was just different because I unpacked so much that was on my mind. And it was just, you know, one of those things, man. It was a, it was a great feeling to become an author. But it was a lot of work. It was about a two to three year process. And um, but it was a it was a great experience, man. And um, I definitely I'll probably end up writing another one. Um, but it's going to be on down the line because this one took so much out of me. Mm-hmm. Um that it was that it was a lot, but overall, man, it's a great experience being an author, and I think a lot of people are gonna really enjoy it because I'm just sharing life experiences, being me, um, sharing how I got in my internships and everything. But um, being an author is something I had never even saw myself doing. Yeah. If you'd have talked to me 
when I was in college, this would have been the last thing because I didn't even care about reading at right. the time. Like, I was just there just to live it up. Mm-hmm. But it's just something like by the grace of God, man, like he really, he's been working on me and um, just helped me become a published author. It sounds like it was very therapeutic for you. Man, it was. You know, just unpacking and just talking about a lot of personal stuff, um, like my children and um just a lot of the things, man. Like it was, it was, it was deep, man. It, it made me somewhat uncomfortable to talk about yeah. some of that stuff, man. Like I got a chapter in there called "The The Right Mistake," and I'm really kind of like talking about like some of the things that I did, and you know, with my daughter's mom stepping out on her, having another child, and you know, dealing with other women while I'm in college, you know, just doing these things right. and not just doing it unconscious, like. Like, you know it's wrong, but it's like you really don't, like, you're just doing it anyway, just because, like, just like a male ego thing mm-hmm. where you just want to, you know, just do different things in college and just live that lifestyle. So I, I just talk about, you know, right, the right, I call it the right mistakes because I'm, it's like me talking to my younger self, what I would do differently and the advice that I would give my children, like, what mistakes not to make and tell my son, like, how to treat women. So I talk about all that stuff in my book, man. So it, it brought back a lot of memories, some good memories and some stuff. It's, it's painful, but mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely very therapeutic. That's why I said for me to write another book um, to that magnitude, it'll probably be uh, it'll be a few years out. Because um, that, that one took a lot out of me. Yeah. I know um, I can also attest to getting stuff off your chest is real therapeutic. I know yeah. I was on a podcast called the Dear Son Podcast. Uh, well, basically, he talks about fatherhood, um, and I unpacked a lot of stuff about growing up with my dad being incarcerated my whole life, mm. stuff that I never talked about ever, and now I'm on a podcast that's going to be seen by anybody um, talking about it, and like you said, it it, it was scary, um, felt better after the process was over. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably watched, I watched the whole interview maybe once, but but like you said, it's, it's not yeah. something that you can just look. Just because it's you doesn't mean that you're going to be able to revisit it over and over and yeah. over because that's your truth. Yes. Man, sometimes it hurts when yeah. you look back on the past. You don't want to open up those wounds again, right. man. And it hurts. And like even the podcast, man, you got to realize this is therapeutic too. Like mm-hmm. especially for me because I'm, I'm talking about stuff about my past. And, you know, when you sit down with other people, they got to they going to share their story about yeah. their journey, man. And honestly, man, like this is my first time doing a podcast since October. Like I haven't even recorded myself yeah. since October. Like, and it's crazy because people still like, man, I love your work, keep going. But honestly, man, like it was just I just needed that time off because of everything I had going on as far as, you know, from the beginning of last year with my book and, you know, the pressure of putting that out and um then doing the podcast, doing the tour, and it just took so much out of me, man. You know, you just hearing other people's stories, and you still, still go through your own stuff as well. So it was like, man, I just needed at a time to you know just relax and just decompress. And now having this conversation, man, it's definitely very, very therapeutic, man. It just and of course, it's also going to help other people, right. like other people going through stuff too. But yeah. From the book to the podcast, man, what you're doing, man, is is big and it's gonna be therapeutic for a lot of people. Definitely. Yeah. Do you have any tips for anybody who's looking to become an author themselves? 
Um, I would say, man, just write it down. Um, write it down. Whatever comes to your mind, like you got an idea, just jot it down. Like for me, like I would just write bits and pieces, um, piece by piece. Um, I actually started when I I quit my second job, went home, and I, that day I just started writing. And I would just add piece by piece and just write down like any ideas for a chapter that I would have. I wrote it down, come back to it later on, uh, and just write what it was going to be about. And yeah. Just write different stuff. But definitely kind of plan it. Um, understand, figure out what you want to talk about. Like if you want to, if you want to talk about your life experiences, it's going to come to you. It's going to be some painful things that may come out. But man, it's it's gonna definitely help. Um, and then the people who are gonna read it, uh, they gonna find out things that they didn't even know about right. you, and uh, it's gonna help them have another level of respect for you as well. Because like, man, I, man, I know you, but I didn't know you was going through all of this stuff. Right. So definitely, um, write it, write it. Any idea that you have, write it down. Um, just plan it. Um, be willing to be open, like. It, it, it hurts, trust me. It's gonna hurt to, you know, talk about some of that stuff. But man, just uh, write it down, be open, and share your journey, and um, it'll it'll come to you. Yeah. I, I, it was another topic that I wanted to get on. That it actually was something that I didn't like. You know, when you're preparing for an interview, you have a certain amount of questions or certain questions that you want to ask. But this question. Um, it was dope because when we originally, uh, of course we tried to record a couple times. Yeah. First time I got sick, had to cancel. Um, and then when I reached out again, you, I threw a date out to you and you said that you couldn't do it because you promised that to your kids. Yeah. That was big for me. Like yeah. that was, that was huge. What, what does fatherhood mean to you? And I, and I appreciate you for that too, man, because, you know, just for you, because, you know, people don't know, like, I was willing to, you know, try to fit it in yeah. that, um, when we were talking about it, and you like, man, nah. just take care of your kids, yeah. you know, do what you got to do. And I and I respect that, because, you know, a lot of times, some people might be like, okay, cool, we'll, you know, we'll make it yeah. work or whatever, but for you to say that, I, I appreciate that too. Oh, yeah, because the podcast going to always be here. Time yeah. with your family, you'll never get back if you miss yeah. it. So, I, if it was important enough for you to push it back, then it was, you know, I just wanted you to go enjoy the right. family. That's what's most important. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't want to rob you of a memory with your kids. Right. But yeah, and man, I could tell you, I could be honest, man, like a lot of times, like I still, because so determined, you know, you want to give your kids the best quality of life. Right. Um, still times you have to make those sacrifices, but fatherhood is, is everything because it's, it's dope to see like a miniature version of yourself, man. <laughs> and it's just like, sometimes it makes you scratch your head. Like, I know I wasn't acting like this yeah. when I was little, but, <laughs> but it, it, it's dope to see yourself in, a, in a, a mini you, a miniature version of yourself, man. So I have three and, um, and they all had their own different personalities, mm -hmm. man. But it's, but to me, they don't, the thing about it is dope. is like the kids, they don't, when they see me, they don't, they don't look at me for how much money I'm making or a job or, or interviews and all that stuff. Only thing when they see me, they just see daddy, and that's a, and that's a that's a great feeling, man. When your kids will see you and just love you just for you, right. and they don't care about the money, they just want to spend time with you. Um, it means a lot, man. And I think sometimes 
I can't speak for everybody. I, I, it's been times where I probably took those things for granted because I look at what I'm doing and I'm like, man, I just want to give my kids the a great quality of life. And I can tell you, man, even with last year, when being on tour, man, uh, I missed one of my sons. Uh, he had a he had a soccer game. No, he had a football game. And I, I missed one of his games, man, because I was just so locked in onto the tour and I had to be on the road. I left, I flew out that Sunday night and I didn't get back until Wednesday. He had a game Monday. Um, but it's, it's, it's tough because you want to give them the things that you never had and, you know, you want to show them a better way. So sometimes you got to make those sacrifices and it's tough because they don't really care about this stuff. They don't understand it. But it's like, for me, I just like, man, I just had to, you know, I had to make that sacrifice, especially when you want to be great. You hear people say it all the time. Um, man, it's no such thing as balance. Uh-uh. It's, it's tough. And um, it's just like you have to make those those certain sacrifices. And I, I tell you about another interview I had with uh, Mr. Foster, Joe Foster, the mm-hmm. founder of Reebok. Right. And I asked him about it. He's like, is there a such thing as balance? Because I And I asked him that because even he had a time, and we spoke about it, it was like when he was – building Reebok from the ground up. It was a time when he wasn't at home at all. It was just his wife raising the kids and he was basically like the man just paying the bills. Right. Pop in here and there and then he's gone again. And it's just like you can't it's it's really not a thing, it's such thing as balance. Basically what you're doing is you're just trying to include them in what you're doing. Like don't push them to the side to chase your dream. Because they may end up, you know, over time, they may resent you because you're not there. Right. But basically, whatever you can do, you got to just try your best to include them in it. With me being on the road and flying across the country, they got school, so I know they can't go. But, I, but I've but i already told them, man, they can. My son, he, he's been with me to a couple of interviews. Um, But, you know, it's, it's hard for them to, you know, with school going on, it's hard for me to take them, fly, take them on a flight right. while I'm doing an interview and doing things like that. But... Basically, man, but fatherhood is a great feeling, man. Um, but you still, like, you, you got to figure out a way to make that time. And it's, and it's times where you know you need to be with your family and you want to be with your family, but it's other things that may come up where you got to handle business. But I would rather make that sacrifice now so that as they get older, they can do what they want to do and then they don't have to worry about some of the things that we had to go through when we grew up. Like you said, it's just... Uh... Trying to find balance, it's hard. It's, it's difficult, and yeah. and like you said, if you want to be great at anything, there really isn't a true balance. Mm-hmm. You just gotta pick and choose. Like, what are you willing to sacrifice to get here? Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully, you don't end up sacrificing too much, and like you said, end up with resentment after the fact. Right. Um, that's kind of hard. It's very hard, dude. And even just like a sports analogy, when you look at Tom Brady, to me the greatest quarterback of all time, right. he had to miss so many things just to years. be, yeah, <laughs> to be at the level that he is, mm-hmm. man. Like he's, it's like you can't do that and play and play both. I mean, and I remember Ben told me he's like, you can't, uh, you can't be normal and great at the same time. Right. It's like it's impossible. So when you see these guys achieve great things, you have to understand that they had to give up a lot, a lot to get to where they are. I, man, I, I read a lot of books, man, and I remember, uh, I, I remember reading uh, "Made in America" by Sam Walton, built Walmart, and he said it was times where he missed so many things, but he would try to take his kids with him when he would go to different places 
um, just to figure out where he was going to put another store. Or his daughter might have a recital or something. He would drop her off, go do something else, and then try to come back. But he was just so driven on building his brand and his business. And it's it's tough. But when you want something to that magnitude, um, and everybody doesn't want that, and that's fine. But right. when you want to achieve that level of greatness, you got to understand what comes with it and be with, be dedicated to to your craft. Man, so many. <laughs> So yeah. many Jews, I can't wait to yeah. go back in and and enjoy the interview from from y'all standpoint. Yeah. Uh, but before we get out of here, like one thing that I ask everybody that comes on is to give me a too stubborn to fail moment, a moment where against all adversity, you came through better on the other side. Um, for me, man. Well, I, I'll say two things. Okay. Two seven to fail for me was just constantly hearing no all the time. So that was that was one thing. And I think one of the biggest moments for me was last year when um at my book release. And you see how when you're following your passion and you're using your gift, how it can bring so many people together, man. Like I had some of my friends and family that I didn't know were gonna come, people that I didn't even know at all. And some of my buddies from college, we graduated in 2014, so last year, 27, 2021. So that was the first time all of us were in, is, were in the same room in seven years. So to see something that you put together bring so many people together, I mean, it's it's one of those moments where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm doing, I know I'm living in my purpose now. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do because your gift, it's bringing so many people together for a special cause. Right. And, man, it was, for me, it was like, man, that, to me, I would probably say that's probably the biggest moment where I said I'm too stubborn to fail. And um, I think I'm just overall stubborn anyway, yeah. man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm the type of person, I, I do feel like it, to a certain degree, like, um, as an entrepreneur or whatever you're committed to, you got to be a little bit stubborn because you're going to hear no. Um, people may not believe in So I, I definitely say, man, it's going to be, I think you still have to have a little bit of that in you because um, when all else fails and it does, everything doesn't look promising, you still have to be willing to, you know, go the distance and believe in yourself to um, uh, achieve a great level of success. Couldn't say it better myself. Yeah. Man, I appreciate you coming on today. Where can we find you the the books the podcast um let us know where we can follow you um but hey before i want to before i do that man i definitely want to get this in too um for anybody chasing their dreams man like i was telling you like it's been a while for me to um like i I haven't people still watch my content and they still come in and tell me great um things about it which is great and to know that i haven't done that since october up till now, um, definitely about to get back into it. Um, but it was just a point for me where I just needed to take that break and understand, man, like as you're chasing your goals, it's okay to, you know, don't put all that pressure on yourself. Just take your time, work at your pace, but definitely be consistent, but, um, and appreciate the moment appreciate that moment that you're in. Um, because that's, that's one of the biggest things that I've really learned about myself over this, the past few months, really over the past year. It's just appreciating the moment, appreciating the people in your life, um, appreciating appreciate where you are, but still be willing to keep on going. Because I think sometimes in this, you, you'll as you keep going with the podcast, you'll learn, man, it's like you may get to a point where, like, okay, 
I got this podcast done. What's next? What's next? What's next? And you can get to a point where you can you can stress yourself out. And um, I don't know if you read this book. Did you read Will Will by Will Smith? Not yet. It's one of the best books I've ever read in my life. Hands down. Period. Best book I read last year, but probably the, one of the best books I ever read in my life. Probably in my top three. But he 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 even spoke about this, and that's why I wanted to say this before we um wrap it up. It's just like appreciating the moment and appreciating where you are. And it was a point with him where he kept, I think he had like eight straight number one movies in the box office. And now one of the movies came out and over the weekend it had made $77 million. And uh, so his agent called him. He said, hey man, this movie made $77 million. Congratulations. And he was like, good man, that's dope. And he sat back and he asked his agent, he said, hey man, we made seventy-seven million. Why do you think we didn't make eighty million? And his agent was like, "Are you serious?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm just wondering. I mean, seventy-seven is cool, but what do you think we could have did? You think we could have did better on the end of to make it a little bit better, or whatever?" And he said his agent hung up on him, <laughs> and he was just like, because he had so much success at what he was doing, he wasn't. He craved more and more and more, and it was like he really didn't appreciate the stuff that he was going through. So that's why I said, man, whatever you're doing, pat yourself on the back, appreciate who you are, appreciate the people in your life, but don't it's don't stress yourself out. Just take your time, but definitely appreciate the people in your life and appreciate where you are. So I wanted to say that before we wrap. And that's up. a bar right there, yeah. man. I I definitely uh can attest to that. It's just I didn't not know that I was gonna have this much fun podcast man. when I first got into yeah. it. Like I said, I was just doing it to stretch myself, mm-hmm. but I ended up like just enjoying the process. Mm-hmm. And if you can ever enjoy the process in anything that you're doing, that's how you know you found your purpose. Because I mean, it doesn't really feel like work. Like it takes a lot to go into a podcast where the it setup, um, the editing, like the whole nine, if you don't love it, you won't yeah. do it. Man, I'm telling you, it's it's a lot too. If people think you just show up and you just talk, man, it, it takes a lot of work. Man, like you saying, like reaching out to people, emails, phone calls, traveling, studying, reading, the research that goes into everything that you're doing, then you wrap it up and then you gotta edit the audio, the yep. video, yep. make sure you put it out, cut the clips, send it to people, post it. Everything like it's a lot that goes into it mm-hmm. and people don't understand that. So it's like, man, it's it's a grind. But you enjoy it, but I love about it is because I like the face-to-face interaction, right. man. And for the most part, for me, I'm meeting these people for the first time. Mm-hmm. So to sit down and build with these people and for them to be willing to take the time out and have these conversations, man, like it's, it's a beautiful thing. That's why, I, that's why I was saying before we started, like to me, podcast is the new radio mm-hmm. because it puts these people like in a vulnerable position where they're willing to you know, open up and share their journey. Whereas on the radio... They're going to pretty much ask the same generic questions right. as they would. So, how was this? Congratulations on this. And I like your new album. And I hated stuff like that as well about yeah. you know being in that space where people will congratulate you and say it's a great album or a great project when they never even never watched even it. Heard it. Yeah. <laughs> so, for me, I always make sure that I take my time to study who's coming on. And it takes a lot of hours. Like, I might stay up over two, over the 12, 1 in the morning. Lay down, get back up at four or five, and I'm back studying and reading just to prepare myself for the guests that's coming on because 
I they they're willing to take the time to sit down and have a conversation. I want to do my part and make sure I've done my homework to make sure they're ready. So it's more to it than just sitting down and just turning on the camera. Which some people they enjoy, you know, just hit sitting around chatting with their friends and right. posting stuff online. But I think for the type of work that we do, man, we we put a lot into it, and that's why people appreciate what we're doing, man. So definitely, like I said, congratulations to you, man, and definitely keep on going. Man, I appreciate you coming out. Um, but like, like you said before, like, where can we follow you? Um, where can we get the book? Where can we find the podcast? Just basically, overall, where can we where can we get more of you? Um, you can find me on Facebook at Carlos Smith. Uh, or the Cross Line Podcast on Facebook, on Instagram, um, Carlos Smith nine two. Uh, on Instagram, you can find me on Cross the Line Podcast underscore. Um, YouTube channel Cross the Line Podcast. So you can find me on all of those networks. Um, and the book is on my website, CarlosKSmith.com. Um, as you can see, F School Life is Your Best Teacher, and you can also find it on Amazon as well. So. Still working, man. It's a journey. I'm enjoying the process, man. But uh, like I said, I appreciate you for having me, man. And this is been fun. You coming out. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, I want to do something else too, man. Okay. Um, like I said, I always feel like I need to want. I just want to add value to other people, and I'm, I just want to tell people a few of my books that that help me out a lot. Okay. Um, other than my own, F School Life is Your Best <laughs> right. Teacher. The first one for me was uh. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that was the first book that, you know, kind of changed everything for me. It changed the way I, I looked at a lot of different things, man. Um, the Magic of Thinking Big was another That's great another book. It was another great one. Like I said, Will was probably in my top three, uh, hands down, one of the best books that I've ever read. Um, I just finished another book called um, Tuesday with Maury. That's another great book, and it's just all about, you know, just understanding what's important in life, right. man, and, and just realizing, you know, sometimes we put too much value on things that's like materialistic things that's not really important. And instead of what's really important, instead of like family and cherishing your loved ones and, you know, a lot of things that we take for granted. It's, it's so many things we take for granted. But those are a few books, man. If you read those, it'll definitely, you know, help you out. Um, so, Will, Tuesday with more. The Magic of Thinking Big, um, and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and of course my book, F School, Life is Your Best Teacher. Those oh, are some books that you can um definitely check out that'll definitely um keep you inspired. It's it's so many, man. I got a I got a huge catalog of books at home, man. But I just wanted to share those with people, man, that who want to look into, you know, changing their perspective on things because there's so much on social media now, man. Like, well, I can't really get on there like that because when you get on there, it's always something negative or depressing. So I use those books, man, to kind of like put me in a good spirit, and man, and just feed me positive energy. So any of those books um, that you can check out. But I appreciate you, man. All right, I know we got to wrap it up, man. Oh, man. This hey, dope, I, can man. Go, this I can go all day talking about stuff like yeah, this. Yeah, man. It's, it, it's dope, man. Like, I love I love the space, man, because, like I say, it's vulnerable. You can you can share your journey and you get to talk to so many people, man, and learn things that you didn't even know. And it also pulls things, pull things out of you that you might not have even talked about in public before. So this was definitely a dope experience, man, being on the other side of the questions. Yeah. Yep. Well, I, I know I'm gonna have you back because we gotta talk about what <laughs> what's what's next. Oh know? yeah, man. It's 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 a lot, man. <laughs> you know, I can I can definitely say, you know, I got the children's book coming um this this year outside the box and then uh 
I, I'm just brainstorming right now, but another tour is probably in the works as well. Did we talk about the merch? Oh, man, yeah. I, uh, so I'm getting some more merch. I got some more designs from, for some different things that I'm coming out with. I, I've had this one for a while, uh, the More Than The Job t-shirt. I still have these. Um, you can reach out to me through social media or on or my website. Well, I, I need to get these on my website, but you can definitely get the merch there. Uh, just reach out to me, and I'll I'll take care of you. But I definitely got some new designs coming as well, okay. and it's, it's it's gonna be really dope, man. So yeah, hey, make sure y'all tap in. Outside of that, I do want to. We gave a shout out to Kevin Means. Uh, I gotta five, get a watch. Watches. He got dope bags. I'm also wearing Crown Collections, which is an, a dope designer. She Thanks also has a podcast called, um, what's the name of her podcast? Just follow, follow Crown Me Collections. And, That's and dope, you'll definitely, yeah. um, This is a whole short set, actually. But she got some dope designs. Um, this has been another dope episode of Too Stubborn to Fail. We had Carlos Smith in the building today. Signing out. Mm-hmm.